and welcome back to Bridgerton Bitches. Today we're talking all about episode eight of season two. Uh, just a little reminder that we're on uh, Buy Me A Coffee. It costs around $100 for hosting fees for this podcast. So if you did just want to give us a dollar, if you can, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd be super grateful. Anyway, my name's Christina. And I'm Natalie. And today, yes, we are looking at episode eight. I cannot believe this is the final episode of season two. So today we're going to look at our best bits, um, some cringe moments, some lol moments, um, some eye rolls, some shockers. And then we're also going to look at some of the answers you gave us to our posts on social media. And we've got a couple of questions from Shelley Lou and Christy. We've also got lots of questions I've got for you, Chris, no pressure, but I was really confused by some parts of this episode. And also we have some mind blowers. Oh, a new section. A new section. And it's about the last episode we reviewed. Let's start off with a bit of a summary of episode eight. Basically, we pick up with Kate. Um, She's fallen down, hurt her head, and she's basically recovering in this episode. Eloise basically sorts her shit out with that guy Theo and we find out who Lady Whistledown is or at least Eloise finds out who Lady Whistledown is finally Eloise oh my word that to me is a summary of this episode oh and and then Kate and (laughs) Kate and Anthony get together does that sound like a fair summary yes so uh before we begin I want to say a big thank you to Linda who is our second uh person to contribute to donate to our project so thank you so much for that we were very happy with your lovely words and your donation and we were as happy as benedict with paint so thank you so let's begin chris with our best bits what was your first best bit my first best bit is we're in the bedroom kate is on the bed she's passed out poor anthony (laughs) is about to go into meltdown mode um and benedict says to anthony is she all right? Mm-hmm. And Nancy just looks really like fudged up. Yeah. And then Benedict takes him by the arm and he goes, are you all right? And I really liked it because it felt like Benedict is just this brotherly concern. Yeah. He could see that Anthony was completely in anguish and turmoil and he looked like he was on the verge of crying. Yeah. I just thought it was very tender. Yeah. And when Anthony then rushed from the room, I really wanted Benedict to just like chase after him and maybe just grab him in a big bear hug. Oh, that would have but been he so didn't. Nice. He stayed in the doorway. But I liked how he was watching Anthony walk away. Like he was concerned about him. I also yeah. loved it when Benedict said, "Are you all right?" And I, I liked Anthony's mini meltdown. The way he looks like, like like everything you just said. I loved. I totally agree with that. Um, do you know what I realized though? I feel like the whole. The opening scene, just before what you've described there, the opening scene uh-huh. is Anthony in the rain. He he sees Kate on the floor, unconscious. And the way that he responds is he, he takes a couple of moments to recollect his thoughts. And then he takes his coat off and he helps and he carries her. And I really loved that because to me, that felt like, it felt like the end of his healing. Because, you know, in episode two, where we see him, finding his dad choking on the floor and he's like panicking he's a kid he doesn't know what Mm -hmm. to do he's freaking out and then I was like this feels like maybe like a healing cycle like now at the end of his story we see him in the same situation someone he loves is is unconscious Mm, okay I did not make that connection I don't know it's probably too deep but like I feel like unconsciously there was a bit of healing there like he is now in his rescue yeah and it was like he was almost in his mum's shoes but he reacted differently from how his mum reacted I don't know do you know what I mean yeah that's a nice little yeah little circle there Mm. um 
another best bit I've got that's straight after this scene, so I want to say it now, mm-hmm. is I've put angry Anthony with a heart. <laughs> I've got a little bit of a soft spot for angry Anthony and rainy Anthony, as you know, my, my two favorite types of Anthony right there. Yeah. Um, so his mum is trying to like help him and he gets really angry yeah. and she says, um, he says something like, I don't have the time for this yeah. because she's trying to say to him, look, you need to go and you need to admit that you love her or whatever. And then he says, she says, perhaps you may wish to make time and he does a little cry face like he's gonna cry and I was just like it was sweet I liked it I liked it but that went into my shocker because I was just quite shocked at how he like cut her off um I think last episode angry Anthony was in my shockers yeah but now I've got used to it I it's in my best bits I've just you know I like it I want to do a poll who's hotter angry Anthony or wet Wet or wet in the rain Anthony Mm. I think I when is he in the rain oh in the last episode I was going on about him being in the rain all the time I loved it when though when he turns up at the house to propose to her and he's soaking wet he's been in the rain soaking wet sounds there's so, so many rainy anthony scenes like okay. we'll do a, we'll do a poll and see you don't fare well when we do these polls you, you, I i'm don't. sorry you don't you know but you know no what it's okay no one takes your side but let's see if angry anthony's hotter than wet anthony i think i he just he comes across as passionate and uh intense um that's what i like love it love it okay my best bit is after that scene um but I don't know if I so my best bit is when Anthony finds out Kate is okay but do you have any best bits between between those two scenes um yes I do okay so um Eloise and Theo which I'm not massively into but there's a moment that I wrote down I wanted to see if you noticed it and I liked it mm-hmm. she says to Theo when they're in the print shop having a conversation I deserve more than that and when she says that he does that intense thing where he like scans her face and then looks down at her lips as if he's going to kiss her did you notice that yes or no no <gasps> I was convinced you noticed that because you like all the micro expressions. Oh, yeah. Um, do you know what? I was watching this on fast forward because um, <laughs> so I might have missed a couple of things. And a, couple of, ob- and a couple of my observations aren't going to make sense because obviously everything's faster. No, but uh, I think the first half I watched on normal speed, I didn't notice that. But I, I liked I did, it. I liked that scene how he apologized to her and how he made the effort of sending her a note because he did come across like he didn't give much of a shit in the last episode. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, within this scene, I've also put down whilst we're on it. Eloise is the worst detective ever, but Why? she's still trying. So bearing in mind, she's tried for almost two whole seasons to figure out who Lady Whistletown is. She's completely ignored all the clues that it's her best friend. And then she's trying with Theo. So she's like, you must tell me everything you know about Lady Whistledown. And I was like, Eloise, that's not going to help because you've already had like a thousand clues and you still don't know who it is. And then she's like, oh, what wrappings did they come in? He was like, it didn't come in wrappings. And I was like, here we go, Eloise. <laughs> she's trying, bless her, but it's, it's embarrassing how bad she is. 
Uh, yeah, you say hints, but how many hints has she really had that it's her best friend? I think a lot. <laughs> like, let's do a poll and see who agrees with me. Really, you want to go there again? Like, I feel like you'd <laughs> like to. Okay. So are like, we... I need are we... to win one of these. So you're is you... Eloise a terrible detective? Yes okay. or no? Okay. I have another one before we get to your best bit. So. Okay. You know how I'm shipping Cousin Jack and Mother Featherington? Right, I'm sorry, right? But this is Again, I lost it. No, you were right. Oh. Weren't you? Mm, Not really, if you've watched the end. Yeah, but Did you watch that on Fast Forward? (laughs) Yeah, we did. Um, No, so in my best bits, that's later on in my notes. I don't think so. Mm -mm -mm, Because then I've got underneath that Anthony finds out he hears Kate is awake do you know what happened here I actually created a new subgroup called hot scenes which I think okay. is the scene that you're talking about because I thought it was very hot so yeah you okay tell me. well so cousin Jack barges in oh, to yeah. Mama Featherington's bedroom yeah, we and she says something like just because I have not moved rooms doesn't mean you can burst in on me yeah and he starts to edge closer and closer to her yeah. Um, because it is naughty that he's in the room with her. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. And um, yeah. I was getting excited because I was like, I predicted this in episode one when they first met. I really want to be right about this. I was and excited. We, and we did a poll and no one was on board. Yeah, that made me sad, but screw it. I don't care. Um, and then That's very he disrespectful. To her, That's very disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get any donations now forever. Oh, I've blown it, haven't I? Um, yeah. He says to her, you like being on top here. And it might not have been a double entendre, but I read it as that because I wanted it to be that. So in my mind, he wants her to be on top of him in the bedroom. Yeah, I That's got what that. I'm reading for that. And then it was the kiss and I was excited. Oh my God. But it was a weird kiss scene. It's almost like he was teasing her and getting closer and closer. And she closed her eyes and she was mm. absolutely gagging for it. Mm. And then he kind of pulls away. And that's when I was like, oh God, I think he's playing her. Yes. I don't think, it, I didn't like that. And it kind of, it, that's what made me doubt that actually he's, he's not sincere. Exactly. So at the beginning of this scene, when he bursts in and he says that, his hands, his moving his hands really nervously. So because I was on fast forward, it was like, but I noticed that. And I thought at that point, I was like, oh, hang on. Maybe he fancies her. Like he he has an attraction, which we've picked up on before. So he moves his hands like he's really nervous. And then I actually started like, like hyperventilating. I had to pause and I was like, what? Because it felt like it was building up and building it up. And I thought it was really romantic how he was like, they don't have royalty there. You could be their queen. Like we could go together because actually if he didn't like her, he could have just buggered off with all the money. He never mm. needed to take her with him. So I I'm think- I'm still confused. Even after I finished the episode, I'm still like, so was he being sincere or was he using her? I still don't know. When we get to that scene, we can talk a little bit about okay. our interpretation, but I think that he liked her. And I think it's just that cat and mouse style. Like he knows her. He doesn't want to give her the goods and kiss her yet. I think, I don't know. Normally it's the woman that plays that role. The seduction that goes forward and, and goes to kiss and then pulls away at the last moment. Like it's quite coquettishy behavior. Um, and that's why I didn't like it that he was doing it because I was like, 
Mm, okay. Do you want to go with your best bit now? Because you said you have one about Anthony next. I think this comes next, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, I love it when Lady... So I think then the next scene we see um, Lady... More or less, we see Lady Bridgerton come in and tell Anthony that Kate is awake. Mm-hmm. And I just loved how the actor... I love how Anthony is just wants to cry and I just remembered how a couple of episodes ago um when him and Daphne are talking she's like you never cried when dad died like you had like no emotion and I felt like this moment when he finds out Kate is okay I just felt like he was like just it was relief just like grief as well like he was holding it all in and it just all came out and when and when Lady Richardson says I'm so sorry for everything and then she cries and then he's got tears down his face I was like for goodness sake like you guys are such good actors right now I'm so dehydrated from all the crying (laughs) I'm not Um, even joking I was welling up I liked that he cried I wasn't expecting it and he kind of it just comes out of him and he hides his face and it's just it was nice. And also it's really uncommon for men to cry in costume drama. So I did like that. It was nice. Um, I didn't get the link between the crying that uh, Daphne said that, so that's really nice. But again, unpopular opinion. I didn't like that the mama Bridgerton was making it all about her and the dad again. Like straight away when he's crying, she's like, oh, yes, your dad and me and me and your dad and me, 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 and I, I, I. And I was a bit like, can we just focus on Anthony and Kate for a second? Because I feel like we've already had this conversation. And I felt like this happened quite a lot in this episode where we had repeated conversations. So like, there's a few of them. So like Theo and Eloise have the same conversation about them being in different classes and not being together. Anthony and the mum have the same conversation about the dad and the backstory again, which they've already had. And even Benedict and Eloise, when they're later sat on the benches, there's a, there's a conversation where they repeat again. And I just felt like, to me, I didn't like how the mama Bridgerton was making it all about her and the dad again. I was just like, I'm no, I didn't I- like it. I can see what you're saying, but it felt relevant to Anthony's pain because what she was seeing is that he was so upset and so distraught and she can see that he is holding back from Kate and she knows it's because of the way she reacted to the death of her husband and because Anthony saw the pain it caused. So I feel like she did need to say something there because what she's trying to convince him is actually Anthony. Yeah, I, know I know it's I know it's painful and I was in a lot of pain, but I would do it again and like you can't miss out on this opportunity. So I didn't see it that way at all. Mm. I felt like he I thought that was such a lovely talk for them to have and so like emotionally it was so emotionally raw and open. I just really love that. Okay. But you weren't a fan. Uh, no. I liked the first bit where he cried and it was really raw and the way he puts his fingers to his eyes, it was really, really well done. But I, I just didn't like that. I, to me, it felt like, come on, we've had this conversation and it just, I didn't love it personally. Um, so my next bit is when uh, Anthony visits Kate um, so he goes into her bedroom and OMG, he proposes to her. Uh, what I liked, it's, it's like a little micro expression. Um, so <laughs> he, 
she says to him, I'm going to India. And he just shakes his head at her. And he says, you're running away. And I just love the way he looks when he just shakes his head at her. Looks like her. It's a little micro expression that I love. Um, but I have pop. I'm bored of this whole one of them comes to the other and opens up the other one pushes them away and then the other one comes back and they pushes them away and I'm just when that happened in the bedroom I was just like oh again it, it's, it just becomes very repetitive to me I wanted something different to happen yeah like for him just to start seducing her <laughs> yeah like he climbs in the bed or I don't know it, I just thought oh here we go again and then he walks off and I was like oh so with that episode um, with that scene, the thing that made it a best bit for me was very specifically when he called her Kate. Yeah, I liked that. But other than that, that whole scene for me fell under a different category. You know, I um, did like when he called her Kate. That was really nice. But I and I, I did wonder when she was acting like... And she said it later, like, oh, he doesn't love me. Like, I, I did wonder in that scene, is she spurning him away because she thinks he's asking her out of duty? And I guess the way he phrased it, because he was like, I apologise for the other night. I took liberties with you. I am proposing to you. And I was like, Anthony, you've phrased it in such a way that she's going to think that. So this is why this scene for me fell under either eye roll or shocker. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But yeah, that's basically, I think you're right because of the way mm-hmm. it, it happened. So yeah, so for me, the best bit about that that scene was him calling her Kate. Otherwise, for me, it didn't meet, didn't you cut didn't it. didn't like it. Not I was excited because I thought this could potentially be really good. And it was like a reconciliation after her being ill and almost dying. And it could have been really passionate. And I was just a bit like, oh, okay, here we go again. So yeah, I agree. Um. So my next best bit involves, um, so Kate comes out of her sick bed and she reunites with Edwina. And all of a sudden Edwina has become wise and reflective and thoughtful and grown up. And she says, basically she forgives Kate. And she says to her, I really like this bit. She says, I am unsure of the young ladies we have become. Um, and basically we need to learn about ourselves. Um, and you don't even know who you are I don't know who you are let's begin again and I was like interesting Edwina's actually grown as a person it's taken a long time I disagree I think she was always very reflective I think she handled the fact that her sister was in love with her fiance really well Mm -hmm. but what I thought was nice is that Kate actually said I will I will I will be patient with you And I am prepared to earn your trust no matter how long that will take. Whereas in the previous episode, she was like, how long are you going to make me pay for what I did? When are you going to forgive me? So I think actually Kate has grown as a person a little bit too. Mm. Did you notice a change in Kate there? Yeah, more so later on when something happens with the mum, I noticed it more. But I just mean for me... Edwina was quite superficial in the earlier episodes and all she talked about is what pretty dress shall I wear what pretty dress will Lord Bridgerton like and I was like oh my god please say something with more depth because this is killing me so when she's all like you do not know yourself Kate and I neither do not know myself and we should grow together and I was like oh this is nice this is nice it's deep now it also made my best bit and I really liked how she was like um 
let's let's show our new selves to the ball. And I like how she said, be truthful to yourself and not because of anyone else. Or don't be always thinking about everyone else. And I was like, I wish someone had told me that like 20 years ago. I wish someone had just said, oh, just be true to you. Like, just do what makes you happy. Because I think it is so easy, even nowadays, isn't it, for us to always be like trying to make other people happy. Or that's Mm -hmm. probably just me because I'm a massive people pleaser. So, so I needed Edwina's speech like 20 years ago. So it's a bit late now, but oh well. Um, and I also felt like this conversation was really real and it really contradicts the way that Daphne was in season one because we really struggled with Daphne being like the perfect lady. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? That it was like, it yeah. felt really raw and real. Yeah, I really liked it. And it, it was, I just saw a different side of Edwina. It was, and she's obviously grown in confidence. And I think she's realized that actually she doesn't need Kate to be in charge. They're kind of more equals now. Yeah. So my next bit is the really sweet moment between Anthony and Gregory. So Gregory comes into uh, Anthony's office and he's like, wow, my lesson teacher is so mean to me. Um, and he's about to leave because I think he's thinking, oh, I'm interrupting Anthony. Anthony's not someone that's very approachable. And they bond and have this really sweet moment. And they're talking about the dad. He opens up. And it was just really sweet. I love seeing Anthony like, kind of bonding with the family because it, for a while we felt like he was quite harsh towards them, didn't we? Yeah. And again, this episode made me well up. This part of the, the episode made me well up because Anthony cries again. You can see him holding back tears when he's talking about mm. the dad. Did it, did it make you emotional too? Or are you no. like a robot? Yeah. You I know. was robot in this episode. It just felt like there was like so many emotional, insightful moments. And there was so much more reconnecting with each other as a family. Like so many moments where these individual like people were like mm-hmm. fixing stuff. What's your next best bit? When Kate and Mama Sharma are having mm-hmm. a chat, was that your I've next that. bit? Yeah. Because again, I was just at this point, I was like, if I don't have something to drink, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to collapse. There were so many tears all over my keyboard. Did Aww. anyone else? Did anyone else like get upset? Like, I just felt like there were so many moments that were like so real to like the listener. Like, that you could take stuff from this, no? No, just me. Yeah. I, I, if I was going to cry at any part, which I didn't, it would have been this one with Kate and the mum because yeah. the mum's reaction. So Kate opens up and we see her being vulnerable and she says, she owes her stepmother and you did everything for me and you took me on. And the mum is so shocked that Kate would think for a moment that she didn't even, that she owes her for that. She's like, you're my daughter. Yeah. Um, you do not owe me anything. You, and she, she says this, scene, this this quote where she says, it grieves me to think you do not deserve all the love in the world. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Oh, my God. My nose was tingling. My eyes were getting wet. I couldn't see what I was typing. And I was like, yeah, again, Kate probably needed to hear this about 20 years ago. And she spent her whole life feeling like she's got to prove that she's worth your love, you know? And that's yeah. really sad. And that was really sad. And then, and then that, that endeared me to her then. And I was like, I wish we'd yeah. known this earlier. I think it would have made her more endearing. And the mum admits what you've been saying for a while, where you were like, the mum's useless. <laughs> where <laughs> she says, Kate, it was not for you to lead this family. That was my role. And then Kate says, but you were grieving Papa. 
papa and the mum's like but so were you and I was like finally finally and again that parallel with Anthony that they keep shoving down our throats but after that what I really liked is um Kate sits down with her mum and she's still upset she says something like um Anthony did not love me he was only proposing out of duty Mm. and then she says something like he did not love me because I cannot allow him to I would not allow it yeah which was really sweet because again it's like she thinks she doesn't deserve love yeah that's really sad and it does it does parallel the conversation between um mama Bridgerton and Anthony where they're having that conversation she's basically saying you shouldn't have found you shouldn't have found Edmund it haunts me you know Mm. last thing at night first thing in the morning I basically I should have been more present so it it is that parallel again isn't it that closure Mm -hmm. that they both need to be able to move on with their lives which I thought was really nice Bridgerton never does anything subtly Mm. like they just they're really really being very very obvious that we're supposed to think Anthony and Kate um, are very similar which yeah they don't allow subtlety in Bridgerton at all but I think as well because there's a danger that a lot of people would have been like you know what what Kate and Anthony did was really bad we don't really think they should get together I do think that this was a bit of like um a recovery mission of their reputation okay. and trying to I don't know if there's an element of like we really need to like hammer home how these people they're kind of damaged you know like they had that trauma they both had a type of trauma they both felt like a little bit ostracized from the family like Anthony feels ostracized doesn't he like he feels like he had to become the dad and people don't really mm-hmm. love him and Kate felt like she had to earn the love you know so mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit of like damage control I get you yeah um what's your next uh, best bit the dance scene at the ball okay I've got a few more before then okay so um I quite like it how again a repetitive conversation but it's a slightly different ending so Eloise is at the ball and she says to the mum I can't do this I must disappoint you again and leave and the mum says the only thing that would disappoint me is if you suddenly cared what other people think and I was like finally Finally, Mama Bridgerton rescues Eloise. There's been so many times where Eloise is like, I must disappoint you, and the mum doesn't say anything. Do you mm. remember? We were like, oh, ouch. Yeah. I liked this. It was really nice for her mum to stick up and say, no, I'm I'm proud of you. That's nice. That is nice. Uh, so I've got Eloise finally notices the bloody pen might be lady whistledown so they're sitting next to each other <laughs> and lee and pen suddenly starts talking like lady whistledown doesn't she she starts gossiping and she just completely lets loose she's like gossip 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 and eloise just looks at her and she's like oh my fudging god she is lady whistledown and i was just watching the little cogs turn in eloise's head and i was like slow clap well done well done Eloise so I was like finally I feel like I can get some closure there so I don't believe in accidents and like part of me is like did Penelope unconsciously relax because Mm. just before then Eloise is like I'm done it's over I've lost interest and it it was almost like Penelope was like like her guard was down and it's almost mm-hmm. like maybe maybe she thinks Eloise is the worst detective in the world. Like she thinks yeah. she could literally get away with anything now. Like Eloise, I, yeah. It's like she stopped being. I think careful. you're right. I think you're right. And maybe because Eloise was like, "I'm done. I am done with trying to figure out Lady Whistledown." Yeah, and Penelope did let her guard down. But you're right. She's also thinking, "Well, Eloise is 
is really not the smartest uh, cookie in the box so yeah and also I think beforehand there was a comment about how like Penelope basically says I'm looking forward to our friendship returning as usual and then when she probably hears Eloise saying about how she's giving it up she's probably like oh excited and like, oh, okay like excited and she wants mm. to start fresh and so she and I think Lady Whistledown is like her alter ego and at this point she's starting to be more prominent in Penelope's character as well yeah um my next bit is finally finally Mama Featherington and Jack kiss but I was a little underwhelmed by the kiss and I'm not sh- I'm not sure if the kiss was sincere what, what are your thoughts? It didn't feel lingering. What I would have liked to have seen is uh, a slower approach, a bit of heavy breathing, and then yes. I would have liked of him to have caressed her face, maybe mm-hmm. cat, like touch one of her cows, and then like caress her and then lean into her. And I would have liked maybe... to have been really lingering and slow. But this felt a little bit like, like you kiss yeah. your grandma. Maybe a little bit of a boob grope would have been nice. Rather than a boob grope, because I think that's not very subtle, Chris. Um, I would have liked it if he'd got his hand like behind her lower back and then dragged like her into him. Yeah, but like quite forcefully, so she like crushed up against his chest. Yeah, there's like crushing yeah. going, and then maybe when she goes to lean back, then his hand wanders down to the boobage. Yeah, like I wish we could rewrite a lot of the kissing yeah, scenes in Bridgerton because I think they'd be awesome. Yeah, so good because we love, we're obsessed with that detail, aren't we? You can't, yes. you can't help a bit of heavy breathing, you know? Um, yeah. And I do um, think they were kindred spirits. I do think they had a bit of, they were, they were similar and I like that about them. Mm-hmm. Just before the dance, because I know you just said that was your next best bit. Yeah. There's a scene where Anthony... <laughs> walks up to Miss Sharma, Kate, and he says, I was about to go outside. And I just put shag question mark because yeah, I feel yeah. like they did all the naughty stuff outside. Yeah. And I felt like, is that what he was insinuating? Like, Miss Sharma, I'm about to go outside. Like, wink, wink. You know what we like to do outside. Yeah. And that's why I think they kind of just stopped and stared at each other because it was almost like a slight nod to, you know, what happened last time we were outside. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you there. I thought there was something there. Um, and then we've got the dance, haven't we? Which which uh, I will say, I did not like the music for the dance. Oh, for goodness it was, sake, Fred. It was a cover of um, Wrecking Ball, right, Miley Cyrus? What is wrong with you? It was awful now. Are you up, oh my oh God? Oh, my God. Are, like, are you, really are you actually going there? I can't believe it. Right. I wanted to ask people what they thought of the music as... Edwina was walking up the aisle because I loved it and I didn't and I forgot and you said it was trash so I'm going to ask people was the music in the last dance trash is that disrespectful (laughs) 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 okay I don't think it was trash and at one of my best bits I specifically say the music oh dear god okay what is wrong with the music why don't you like it it's just a really bad cover and it doesn't allow for romantic dancing because it's quite quick so Um... they're dancing at such a pace that you don't uh, what I really wanted was like lingering embraces slow moving together and breaking apart like Pride and Prejudice style um there's this one part of the dance which I absolutely love. I know which um, bit it is. The hand bit. 
with the Disney princess eyes and her yes, eyes get her massive. Eyes, such Disney princess. So they have their hands linked. And I thought it was a bit weird. They start at the top of their foreheads and they slowly bring their hands down to just see the eyes, which I guess is quite seductive. Yeah. And then what I bloody love, and again, it's a micro expression, they bring their hands down and Kate looks like she's about to kiss Anthony. Yeah. And he is so enraptured. He has to, he does this. Oh, I love it when guys uh, in movies do the jaw clench. Yeah. He clenches his jaw. You see the muscle move in his oh, jaw. And I was like, oh, yes, jaw clench. And then it looks like he has to look away from her at the crowd to distract himself from wanting to kiss her. Did you I, notice that? I agree 100%. And I Lovely. felt like, I felt like, the whole time he was like entranced and drawn by her and you're right and I really felt like they maybe they were going to kiss and he had to really Mm -hmm. bring himself back he's so conscious of reputation in the family that I think he had to really stop himself from going for it do you think he had a semi in that scene semi without a doubt without a doubt I wonder Mm -hmm. if they had a contraption those days with like a coconut shell that they'd put down their trousers so that if they did get a hard on when they were dancing you couldn't see it like do you think that was a a coconut shell Mm. okay I'm thinking yeah like something to hide it we'd we'd have to look into that we can do our research on that one because that would be interesting um, there's a favourite bit that, that he says. She says, do you want to stop? Because people are looking at them. Yeah. And he says, just keep looking at me. And I was like, oh, oh that's cute. God. If she keeps looking at him, he can get through it. Oh. But one of my notes, so regardless of the jaw clench and the just keep looking at me. Um, and the Disney eyes. I still, I and the Disney eyes, I have pop, could have been better. Now, in costume dramas... Dance scenes are a great way to show people falling in love. So we see it in Pride and Prejudice, in Emma, in a lot of costume dramas, and I love it. And there's so much tension. And I was just watching it and I was like, I still think it could have been better. But we felt this way about the final dance scene at the end of season one. And Daphne and the Duke had a really jolty Mm. dance. And I wasn't a fan of that. No. Do you think whoever's doing the dance choreography is just uh, not getting it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the dance in this episode does the job. It portrays that they have a deep connection and there's that I love the intense eye contact. So I actually kind of like the dance scene, to be honest. I preferred this to the season one episode finale between the Duke and Daphne. I'll say I liked it. I didn't dislike it. I just think it was meh. It could, I, I wanted it to be better. I loved the hand bit. There was a couple of things I loved, but if I was going to give it out of 10, I'd maybe give it a seven and I want it to be like a nine or a 10. So for you, for it to be a nine or a 10, it would have been a different type of music and a mm-hmm. slower, more intense kind of dance. Yeah, and at one point they zoomed out quite far when they were on the dance floor. So I was like, I felt like we lost that intimacy. We've almost like zoomed out too far away from them. And it kind of broke the spell a bit. Like normally you'd want to see lots of close-ins with the dancing and different, you know, angles and stuff. Yeah. Do you think they did that? Because they were also trying to show how people were exiting the dance floor. Maybe. Okay. I'll give them that. Um, I really, I thought it was nice. I liked it. Okay. Maybe we'll ask ask our listeners on our Facebook page. Um, Mm -hmm. The next best bit 
I've got is when they're outside, Anthony mm. and Kate, they're outside. And basically, Ant's, Anthony says, um, well, first of all, because I'm obsessed with them shagging outside now, yeah. I saw loads of rose bushes. Mm. And I was like, are they going to shag in the rose bushes? I thought maybe yeah. that was coming up. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, no. He just tells her that he loves her just and he isn't expecting it is he when she replies and she's like I love you too which was really cheesy I've put cheesy scene and just when I thought it couldn't get any cheesier they start with cheesy music and then just when I thought okay now it can't get any cheesier oh my god fireworks so I was like cheese upon cheese upon cheese so I'm scared now because to me none of that was cheesy and now I'm like yeah this is why real life romance is so disappointing because yeah. to me that was just a standard night out <laughs> like <laughs> that's the bare minimum really no um can I we... also say quickly I've also put boring it bored me I did not feel any tension any passion any suspense any nothing I just I was the cheesy music and the fireworks and the I love you I love you thing I just thought it was a bit really boring I'm sorry so yeah, I agree. Actually, oh, this nice. this didn't actually make my best bit. It actually got into my cringe. I didn't okay. find it believable. I thought his love, his his comment about "I love you" was awkward, and it didn't mm. feel authentic. Okay. Oh, what's not gonna go down well? Um, but what I did like about this scene, the only thing is when he called her by her Indian name. Oh um, yeah, that was cute. And what was it, Kath? I was fast forwarding, so I, <laughs> I didn't hear it. Kath, <laughs> I love you, Kath. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just had a little look, and her name wasn't Kath. It was Kathani. Um, but what I wanted to know is, how did he know what her uh, traditional Indian name was? Yeah. Unless he asked Edwina, but that'd be really awkward. Like he said, oh, Edwina, I want to do something really romantic for your sister. Um, <laughs> what's her Indian name? That would have been inappropriate. Or maybe he asked the mum. Or maybe the mum called her Kathani. Maybe. I, just... I don't remember that happening. Do you, though? No, but I'm just thinking, or maybe he had them talking, like between the mum and the sister, and then he heard it. I just thought it, in, it did intensify that scene. That was the only part of the scene that I really liked, though. Another theory, one of the many prostitutes he was sleeping with in episode one mm. happens to be from India. So he just went round. He was like, oi, love, what, what would be her Indian name if her name's Kate? Yeah. That's another theory, but not as romantic, that one, to be fair. Not as romantic, no. I'm going to stick with the other idea. Yeah. Um, please, can I go on to my next scene? Yeah. So the next scene, so we're going from that, and I could see that there wasn't much left of the episode. And I was like, oh, what's going to happen next? And then I was like, are you kidding me? There's a scene with Colin in the bar. And I was thinking, I swear to God, if they end this episode finale with bloody Colin Bridgerton, who bores me to tears, I am going to kick off. Luckily... Colin gets off the screen and we see Anthony and Kate in bed. So I was really excited. I was like, finally, a sex scene at the end. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted this episode to end with. Mm. And we get to see nipples. Nice. And boobs. Uh, and there's a nice little... <laughs> <They're> usually mutually... <laughs> <laughs> but they were like... 
proper zoomed in on the nipples. I was surprised. Um, and this nice little interchange between them, which was kind of hot, when he says something like, you take your duty seriously. And he says, perhaps you would like to go again. Nice. Doesn't he say something before that as well? Like, you didn't, you don't disappoint or... Mm. And before I... that before that they have like this little breathing intense like and they're like smiling and I was like oh that's nice they're sexually compatible (laughs) I just thought it was really hot when he was like perhaps you would like to go again because I was like Anthony's got stamina just when I thought he couldn't get more perfect when he's in the rain when he's angry when he's being really hot and now it turns out he's got really good stamina like well he was prostituting every night and then I'm guessing he went on like he's been on a bit of like you know he stopped the prostitute thing for like a couple of months whilst he was courting Edwina and Kate Mm, okay he's got a lot of pent-up stuff that he needs to explore um Um, and then we've got the full circle haven't we because then at the next scene is them playing with the croquet and I thought it was cute. I liked it. They come running out and then they both try and fight over the last mallet. And they're just being all lovey-dovey and sweet. And I just thought it was a really nice like, a way to end the circle. Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was nice. Um, I What I liked, and it's a scene that we miss, I think it happens just before this maybe, it, the Colin scene that you were referring to. Oh, Is that yeah. right? I like that actually things are looking up for Will because I felt like this whole season he was the underdog and I felt really bad for him when that whole thing happened between him and Colin. Were you not really happy that Will gets his reward and he, his honour? Okay, I'm really reward. sorry. Is this an unpopular opinion, but I couldn't give less of a shit about Will. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> I I don't understand. Every now and then, all we see of Will in this whole suit, I think we've seen him three times, and he's always looking sad and grumpy that his bar's empty. And I'm like, why is this part of the story? I don't know. Is that harsh? Is it because they needed him to be involved to have that storyline between what what is it what was his function this season to expose or try and expose cousin Jack? Maybe we should get well, to that actually because I think that's in another section. Well, oh, I sound like you. I know, right? Uh, you sound awesome. So <laughs> they were all of my best bits. Shall we move on to eye rolls? Yes. I've only got one eye roll. Hmm. Um, I've said at the start of this episode, the Bridgertons are sitting and talking about the Featherington ball. Um, and disclaimer, I do love Eloise as a character. You know we love her. But mm-hmm. I got a little bit eye-rolly here because basically the whole family is suffering as a result of these rumours about her liaising with like political activists. And she's just sort of reading her book and give less of a share. And her mum has been really nice about it. She was like, oh, you know, I was cut off in the park today. And instead of being like, oh, mum, I'm really sorry. Like, I know I kind of, you know, I was a little bit naive. She says, and the mum's like, oh, have you been to see Penn? And the mum is like, Penn won't see me. It's a bad situation, basically. I don't want to embroil her and all this. Um, you, you, you know, you won't admit, mum, how bad the situation is. And I was like... And Louise, I think your mum does know, but she's trying not to be a dick about it. She's trying to be really sweet and nice to you. And at this point, I was like, I roll. 
I don't think anything your mum does will ever be good enough for you, Mm -hmm. Eloise. And then that made me eye roll, actually. You know what I think it is as well? Eloise likes to be the underdog. She is so negative. She finds the negative in everything, everything. Mm. She is part of an amazing family that love her. Mm. She's given everything she wants. All she does is complain about her life. And I noticed when Theo says this to her, and he says, oh, you're always finding the parts of your life. And I'm just like, you have no idea how bloody lucky you are. Yeah. And I, I thought that as well. Like I was looking at the way that she was dressed and all these things that she had. And mm-hmm. I thought you're such so, you're such a disappointed pelican. Like <laughs> I don't understand. That's from a TV show. I don't understand. And then it's like nothing anyone ever does. She's grumpy and critical. And I I don't know. That's it's the thing. To get to me a little bit now. This is what you said in the last episode of this podcast. You were like, I'd love to see Eloise bloody working in a workhouse selling her body on the streets for a couple of episodes just so she can understand actually Eloise this is what an awful life looks like love or maybe just a market store I don't (laughs) I think that was a big leap wasn't it selling oranges or even being an apprentice for that guy that that Theo guy and I don't know like the way that she kind of swans around in the poor part of town I was like oh I don't know I don't know is that she romanticized it a bit like Marina um in that scene, I've also got an eye roll and it's Colin again. Surprise, surprise. He's really annoying me in this episode. So Anthony's being all shitty because he's wound up about Kate and he says, why did no one tell me that we've lost four staff in the last month? And Colin sounds like such a horrible snob when he says, I do not take notice of staff changes, brother. And I just pop, is there anything to like about Colin? (laughs) Because... I'm seriously struggling here to find any redeeming features of this guy. And when he said that, I was like, do you have any idea how rude and snobbish that sounds, that you don't care about the servants? He does come across as a little bit of a snob sometimes. The way he was talking about his Greek holiday, like he was a little bit above everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the way he talked about Marina and, oh, and how he didn't think her life was very happy. And I, I felt like he was looking down on her a little bit too. And it's just the life you're really happy with. And she was like, you need to grow up, Colin. So <laughs> she does, isn't she? I do yeah. think there's something about him that I'm like, oh, be careful, Colin, because you're really bordering that line between boring and annoying (laughs) he's more uh obnoxious and cocky in this one and I'm like you ain't got nothing to be cocky about me he's quite handsome I disagree there are some things that I like about Colin okay Um, give me three things that are likable about Colin right now do they have to be physical and or does it have to be personality it has to be personality because we're kind of talking about personality right now okay I think that he (laughs) are you googling it no um I do like that he's he looks out for the Featherington girls at least from the episode he says these women don't have a father or a son to protect them and I do like that he sticks Uh, can I that's more of a action rather than a personality that's it that's an action so but isn't that considerate of him that he okay, so wants... he's considerate okay, okay here we go now two more um... <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's trying to find himself okay so what he's self-reflective you like that he's self-reflective I don't know if he is self-reflective no, he does. He does. He does actually. When he meets Marine, he says, "Actually, I think I need to acknowledge that I need to be more aware of the people that love me, and I am a little bit romanticist." So yeah, maybe he is self-reflective. 
Okay, one more. <laughs> he, dances with, he dances with Penelope at the end of the episode. Again, that nice. that's an action. So that comes under considerate. So let's just say you failed that and you only got two out of three. So, Okay, people. Do you like Colin Bridgerton? Okay, another poll. Another poll. Um, there's another bit that I put under eye rolls because it's cheese again. So Theo and Eloise are sorting through um, the Whistledown papers in the print shop. And mm. I liked seeing the body language and they, they totally hammered it and ruined it so like Eloise is really close to Theo and I think she nudges him and their arms touch and I was like that's nice subtlety Bridgerton well done mm. uh, but then they completely ruined it by then he drops the papers as soon as he dropped the papers I was like oh god here we go he's going to bend down and pick up the papers Eloise is going to bend down and pick up the papers their hands will touch and they'll have a moment because that happens in pretty much every 90s romantic comedy that exists and sure enough, it happened. And I was like, come on. It's actually, please. it's worse than that. When I watched it, it looked like to me that Theo purposely knocked the papers <gasps> off. Did you see that? What? I did not see that. Watch it again. Now, I don't know if the actor was told to do it. So it, it was like he did it on purpose. But to me, that was, a th I think as the character, he was very aware that they were close together and that she was comfortable mm. with him. And I think he nudged the paper because then he knew that she would help pick them up and they'd have a moment because that was to me reinforced when he goes to kiss her. And I was like, yeah. Oh, juicy. Have nice. A, have a rewatch and see what you think. I wanted them to kiss and Eloise just totally freaks out, which doesn't surprise me because she's like super, super awkward. She's um, all talk. She's yeah. all talk yeah interesting okay um what else you got so that was like my my cringe eye roll oh this this made me cringe big time dude at the mm -hmm. featherington ball are we at the featherington are we are you with me with the featherington I ball or do you have any other moments no i'm done with my eye roll so you go Oh my god, I roll forward slash cringe. So at the ball, Colin takes Penelope's hand and they go into the room. She walks into oh the room and she starts putting her hand on her chest. Oh my word, something important and amazing is going oh, to happen. And I was Penelope. like, but why would it, Pen? Because there's no there's been no build-up. Um I don't understand why you would suddenly think that. And then she goes to say, Oh, this makes me so cringe. She says she goes oh, to say, no. um, oh, this is quite scandalous and he kind of like cuts across her as if to say like don't even entertain that stupid <laughs> idea I'm obviously in here to tell you that your family is like being corrupted by this cousin Jack guy and you can see that yeah. she's like completely blindsided yeah um, no I put that under shockers for some reason but I think it is more of an eye roll um yeah I was embarrassed because I was like she was super super excited and I was a bit like like a little puppy dog and also, do you remember when in season one, when Colin was in the room on his own with Marina, he was like, oh, this is so inappropriate because he fancied mm. her. But the fact that he felt okay to be in the room with Penelope on her oh own, it's God. like she's been sister zoned big time. Yeah. And also, right, you know, in this season, a couple of episodes ago, Lady Featherington, um, orchestrates it so that people walk in with cousin Jack yeah. being in the conservatory with her daughter knowing that mm -hmm. that would have to be a marriage so when she walks in 
Lady Featherington and cousin Jack and sees her daughter alone with the Bridgerton, rather than capitalising on this and being like, aha, yeah, you got to marry her. She, she says, what's going on? And I was like, this is really sad. Even, even yeah. her own mother doesn't see her as, as a sexual being or even yeah. as a tool in which to advance a family through marriage oh, like like she really sad. sees there was no prospect at all yeah because she says that in a couple of episodes ago she says it to prudence she says do you wish to be without prospects like penelope and i was like jesus christ thanks mum <laughs> yeah so you're right she doesn't even see her as like an eligible attractive woman that could oh that's sad yeah, and then I'm just like, oh, I'm bored of this. I'm bored of this trope of Penelope doesn't fit the the standard, what's considered to be um, the, the diamond, you know? I'm like, no, I don't like that at all. That's so, like, 1990s, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I really hope that in the next season they really just get over that because she is beautiful. She does have um, a lot of charm about her as well. So I don't want her to be put in this box of, oh, you're not marriageable material. Mm-hmm. Um, should we move on to the shockers? Yes. Um, can I start off with my shocker? Mm-hmm. So I was a bit confused. This is why I put it under shockers, because I was a bit shocked as in I didn't really understand is where I'm going with this before you say it's not a shocker. Um, Kate wakes up and she's talking to Edwina and the, she barely had a few words out before she asked if Anthony visited her. And she was sad that he didn't. And then I thought it was funny because um, she starts saying, like, they're like, what do you remember? And for a split second, I was like, oh, God, don't do this whole storyline where she's lost her memory and she has to re-fall in love with Anthony again. I was like, we've got 30 minutes left this episode. This can't be happening. And then I thought it'd be funny because she goes, I remember the horse ride. And then I thought it'd be funny if she was like, I remember Anthony Bridgerton going down on me. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. I was trying to get your attention because I was going to say, how funny would it be if she goes into real detail about how they had yeah. sex? Yeah, I really wanted it to happen. Yeah, same. So yeah, I thought that'd be funny, but I didn't understand why she was so upset that he hadn't visited her because I was like, he rescued you. And also, yeah. I don't know. That shows like she's been unconscious for a week. The last memory she has of of him going down on her, and he hasn't even passed by to see how she's doing. That's bad. So, in terms of either she thinks that he thinks badly of her because she's been a bit of a kind of light petticoat, or because she thinks he's using her. Like, for what reason do you think? she would feel insecure about that like she feels ashamed and and he's no because if you're in hospital and this guy that says he fancies you doesn't even come to see if you're okay you're not saying that you'd be a little bit pissed off or a little bit hurt hmm, I guess so yeah you guess so of but course she knows she, she's on her she... deathbed like she's been unconscious for a week he's yes, supposed... but I just thought well he obviously loves you because he keeps telling you that he's desperate to be with you like why would you yeah okay I thought it was wrapped up with the fact because she thought they had had that sexual scene together that he maybe she felt that he had written her off. I don't know. I mean, there might, thought, yeah, yeah, sure, there might be that element. But I think my first thought was you would want to know if this guy that you had a connection with had even bothered to come and see if you were still alive or okay, and he hasn't. 
that mm. would be gutting because at no point has he said that he loves her they're still okay. in that insecure courting and also she might be feeling a bit insecure because they did have that really intimate connection and and they'd be like having no contact with him for a week I mean think about nowadays if you were to do the kind of stuff they did nowadays and a yeah, guy didn't message okay. you for seven days you'd be like oh this is a bit odd <laughs> unless you're at just at the same really... time I would feel more insecure if if a guy just had sex with me and not called me but the fact that he actually went down on her which is a very selfless form of pleasure yeah I don't know maybe maybe I'm thinking into it so you're maybe thinking, thinking that because he pleasured her she mm-hmm. should be secure and feel like he does love me he must be really into me even though he hasn't visited her that should be enough for her in a way because it's not like he just went wham bam thank you ma'am and just that was it like he had no incentive to it's not like he used her and then ditched her do you know what I mean what he did was a very very caring and selfless he's still know, got a lot of act. pleasure from it and you know and there might be guys who um that gives them just as much pleasure as being pleasured themselves, like a control thing. Like he did still, you could argue like for that time period, take advantage of her and their passion. Mm. So she would still be left feeling like, wow, she did this really vulnerable thing with him and no contact. Okay, fair dues. What's your shocker next? My shocker is when right at the start of the episode so I know um, I probably should have said this first sorry when um before she wakes up Anthony walks into the Bridgerton parlor and he says Colin do you have something to tell me you've taken a large sum of money out when were you going to tell me and Benedict tries to defend Colin by saying oh he is one in 20 brother and I was like what Colin is one in 20 you thought he was younger or I thought he was eight and ten (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know 21 seems older he seems very lost to me and very naive I was very lost and naive when I was 21 same same I don't think I was too surprised at, at that um what else was your shocker so Penelope and Eloise are talking in the courtyard after they bump into each other at the Modiste. And Eloise is just ranting, ranting, ranting about Lady Bloody Whistledown again. And Penelope shouts, Eloise, do not scream at me. Um, Eloise is like, oh, I'm sorry, Pen. Like, (laughs) chill the fudge out. Um, And what I didn't like, which is what this is in the shockers then, is Penelope just blatantly emotionally blackmails Eloise. And really, really manipulates her. And she kind of threatens her in a way and says, you know, I've heard rumours about you meeting Theo. The servants, so she's lying to her. The servants said this the other day, like, Lady Whistledown's done you a favour. You know, if she finds out that you're trying to find her, you know, she could um, threat, threat, threat. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, she's just nasty. Not a nice person. Yeah. And and I come back to this. Um 
in the last episode when she's talking to the Modiste about what she can do to save her friend I was like to save your friend you, there are loads of options here but you don't want to give up your role of writing because it's you're selfish so she would rather betray her friend's trust and ruin her reputation than do any of the other options that would have helped the queen to know that it wasn't Eloise do you know what I mean you're 100% right you said this in the last episode yeah and Eloise says the same thing yeah. Later on, she said the only person you were saving was yourself. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't really pick up on, but you're I totally right. agree. And that really annoyed me. And then this scene as well, I was like, yeah, you have that nasty. No, you have a streak that self, that very self resilient. I don't kind of give a shit about anyone else except for myself streak that you've got from your mum because her mum is like that. Mm. Her mum is Damn very. It. You know, I love Mama Featherington. I thought that's why you loved her though, because she doesn't take any shit, and because she does, she is so like lioness over her cubs. Yeah, but I don't think she's cruel. Like even when she had Marina, deep down she was trying to help her. She wasn't cruel. Um, she was trying to help. Whereas I feel like Penelope is just cruel at the end of this episode. It really didn't. I saw a side to her. I didn't love. And actually, the whole Lady Whistledown thing. She's kind of a bitch. Like she only reports negative stuff and. I know we'll probably talk about this scene later, but Eloise makes a good point. Like, you are not living your life. You're hiding behind. You're picking up. Like, actually, it's not a very nice thing what she's doing. She could be doing a lot. Can we talk about that scene now whilst we're on this subject? Because I think it does link in. I mean, it is a shocker, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, so I've got it as a big shocker. So Eloise has completely ransacked Penelope's rooms, which is incredibly, like rude to violate someone's private space so when Penelope walks in and her room is is just completely torn apart and Eloise has found her money I was like Jesus that's a huge violation yeah I kind of didn't feel Eloise had the right to do that um Penelope what do you think I don't think she had the right but then part of me was like you know what fudge it maybe she did her life her family could have been ruined and I think this is two years of trying to find out like I don't know I can just imagine the emotions and actually you just feeling like you know what I don't care anymore Mm. it's such a big betrayal I think going through someone's room and ransacking it is less of a betrayal than two years of lying yeah and and Penelope starts gaslighting Eloise I've part um you know oh you know you're I don't like that at all in what way gaslighting what do you mean by that um, just because she tries to she denies it and denies it and she tries to make it sound like uh, she says something like that's right Uh, Eloise says you just spoke to me in the ballroom and you sounded very much like Lady Whistledown um you sounded exactly like her and Eloise just goes oh that's just because you read so much Lady Whistledown and I was like don't gaslight her yeah. Don't make it sound like she's crazy and she's obsessed with Lady Whistle and she's got a problem. I didn't like that. Yeah. And then I thought Eloise was acting like kind of a Miss Marple Poirot character, the way she was um, acting like she was a detective and she was listing all the clues. And I was like, Eloise, you're making yourself sound super stupid right now because she starts listing all the clues over the last two years. And I was a bit like, oh, my God, how did you not pick up on everything? It's kind of sad though because I guess she just didn't it didn't occur to her that her friend would lie to her I don't think she's stupid I just think her love and her friendship for Penelope blinded her and I think on some level maybe she 
maybe she knew on some deep deep level and that's why she couldn't let it go I don't know maybe actually that's a fair point and then Eloise gets really cross at her and she says the bit that you said earlier about the only person you're saving is yourself Um, and then oh burn she says I feel pity for you because you don't have basically she was saying you don't have the balls to do anything in real life because you're not confident enough so you right away as they do whistle down and I was like that's a fair point it's not something I thought thought about and then she goes to leave and Penelope starts fighting back doesn't she and she says yeah. at least I did something you're all talk yeah which again is fair Eloise is all talk yeah um she doesn't actually take action and try and change the world whereas at least Penelope what she did on the surface was impressive in a way um I really, really, really did not like how Penelope gets her fight back and becomes Lady Whistledown again. And she she picks up the quill that she'd snapped in, in the previous episode and starts writing like, dear reader, I'm back. And I'm like, this is not a positive alter ego, is it? No, it reminds me of, um, you know, like in Spider-Man movies, doesn't he turn evil? Oh, so this is like Lady Whistledown Noir. Yeah. And... um. I don't like that because I, I in the argument, she's, she says um, to Eloise, I gave up Lady Whistledown for oh. you. And that made me sad. And I was like, that's sweet. That shows your love. Because actually, yeah, mm. you screwed Eloise over, but you gave up. That would have felt like a compensation. And then when she picks up the quill at the end, I was like, yeah, this feels like a big fudge you, Eloise. I don't really care. And I don't like that vibe. You're right, actually. That made me feel really sad when she's crying and she says, yeah, I gave it up for you. Whistledown was the only thing I had, which is true. Her -hmm. life sucks. Her mother is horrible to her. She's overlooked because of the way she looks and her size and everything. She's humiliated all the time. No one likes her family. She says the one thing she had was Whistledown, but also that she had Eloise. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then part of me wonders if she, another reason why she chose to do what she did with Eloise rather than pick another option. Like she could have talked about an event that Eloise hadn't attended, for example. That would have been a good way of proving Mm -hmm. anything. But I think she felt threatened in that episode where she's hiding and she can see Eloise talking to that that guy, Theo. I was like, "Mm, I also think maybe Penelope that you did that in that way because you you felt insecure about Eloise growing out of you and looking for other friendships. Yeah, you know what that reminds me of? There's a, a thing she says to Eloise, which I, f- I felt really uncomfortable with. So in, they're in that courtyard earlier having that conversation and uh, Penelope threatens her and saying, oh, Lady Whistledown won't like it, blah, blah, blah. And then just before she leaves Eloise, she says, I hope things can go back to how they were between us. And she gives her this smile and walks away. And I was like, ooh, there was something really creepily controlling yeah. about that. Like, like there you go Eloise back in your box let's go back to how we were before and I just thought oh that I really didn't like it I didn't like it either and and I don't I don't know how I feel about I don't know how I feel about her as a character um and I don't like that she picked up the pen in that self-righteous like I'm gonna do what I want to do way and I just didn't feel comfortable with it and also what's the point because oh, we have to go back to Penelope being Lady Worcester, which is boring now, we know who it is. And also, if she does start writing newspapers again, what's to stop Eloise outing her? I suppose Eloise said to her, I will never see you or speak to you ever again. 
maybe in her mind, her friend Penelope's dead and she's just this new person that she doesn't even know anymore. Oh, it's sad. It is sad. And I think you predicted this would happen because they really um, jammed it down our throats how close these guys were. And they were like sisters and lying in the field together. And now it's like, yeah, they're like arch enemies. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out when, if the next season is about Penelope and Colin, I suppose in a way now, one of the barriers is going to be the fact that, you know, Eloise hates her. I wanted Colin. I really thought Colin was going to find out before anyone else. I like your idea of Eloise creates her own anonymous newspaper yeah. gossip sheet to try and take down Lady Whistletown and they end up with two competing gossip columns. I think that would be really cool. That would and be so cool. That would be so cool because in that way, Eloise, she's actually doing something and actually maybe she could be critiquing, critiquing Lady Whistledown. So those two have got this rivalry that only they know about. Mm-hmm. I think please do that Netflix because I think you can have a lot of fun with that and then the people they talk about are like their pawns kind of like in the Cold War where like you've got Russia versus America but you've got these do you know what I mean yeah nice have a lot of that. fun and then I guess something really awful would have to happen where they join forces like a third a third issue comes Ooh, along okay but they were all the shockers anything mm-hmm. else before we go through questions no that's it oh my this is uh, a lot of questions Okay, so when we see at the start of this episode, Lady Featherington is talking about the Bridgerton's disgrace. Do you remember what dress she was wearing? Lady Featherington is talking about, no. It's like this really weird 1970s flower power orange flowery dress. And I was not feeling it. Were you feeling it? No, I don't really like any of her dresses, to be honest. Really? They're really garish. Did orange exist as a colour back then? I think so. Um, I said, you know when Anthony um, brings Kate in from the rain after she's fallen over and he puts her on the bed and he keeps saying, it's all my fault, it's all my fault. Is he saying it's all his fault because he did sexual things to her and that made her want to go on a like ride on her horse? Yes, I believe so. Why would he? Because he thinks that she was upset by what happened. It's quite a shocking, scandalous thing to do. And he would have known she maybe feel guilty about it or regret it. So, yeah, that makes sense. I wondered if he thought maybe like he was a jinx to people he loves and like his dad died when he was around. And then Kate. Oh, my God. Um... But he banged Sienna like a hundred different ways. And Sienna's fine. So. Wow, we haven't seen her all season, is she? Oh my god. Good point. Mm. Um, okay. My question for you is, you know how Kate is lying in bed for like a week unconscious? Don't you think it would have been way like a don't you think it was a missed opportunity that the series didn't give us like a bit of insight as to like what she was thinking and use like that time to have her mm. having massive sex flashbacks of him like doing like dirty stuff to her? Do you not or, think that was a missed opportunity? Yeah, I would have liked that. Or Anthony secretly snuck into her bedroom through the window every night and they had wild sex every night for seven days. And they had what, to keep so it she, secret. She was faking it. Faking what? Being unconscious. Yeah. And what? it was just it was just them having sexy time. 
I don't know if I like that. That's too no. far. I think I prefer the flashback idea because then that means that we would have had more sexual content. Okay. Yeah. Um, we don't and it, it would have no, and it would have expanded upon what they did. And I think they probably could have. I think they, that would have been really cool. Maybe that's a bit cliche and cheesy though. Um. I know that I said that I thought Theo and Eloise were going to end up together, but I think that the way that they're writing those two characters felt like it was going to be more like a slow friendship. Do you think there's going to be a future triangle between them in the future? A triangle with what? A new person? Yeah. Uh, I know. I think Bridgerton's so predictable that they will get together. I don't think they will. No? I think someone will come along. I mean, I don't know. Do you think that's the end of Theo now? I don't reckon. It felt quite definite, though. Mm, I don't. I just don't think so. I think they wouldn't waste. She has to get with someone from a lower class because Eloise is a radical, so they can't get her with someone in her own class. I don't think because she's different. I guess. And then I felt bad. You know what? Well, I'll, I'll come to that because I've done these questions in order of the episode. If you were Lady Featherington, would you leave for the Americas? Oh. oh, I was really disappointed about that ending. Oh, um, what in what way disappointed? What, what well, just because I was shipping them, wasn't I? And then she just basically says, Screw you, get your stuff and get out of here. And she chooses, you know, she does the right thing, she chooses her daughters. And it's a quite nice scene the three of them watching the fireworks, even though Penelope's not involved. Um, I guess not, actually. It's, it's quite scary, isn't it? I mean, in those days, sailing for America, unknown land, um, starting your life again. They would always be on the con. It'd be quite stressful constantly keeping one step ahead of your creditors and stuff. Yeah. Would you? No, I don't think I would because I'd rather have what I know, you know. Um, even now, that's a really big decision. Even now. Mm. Um, but I forgot to say that in the shockers I was really shocked how cruel she was and and he says to her you know you're really cruel and and I did feel bad for her and actually I do think she liked him because she cries afterwards she looks upset and I really do feel like she felt like she had to make a choice and I do think that there was a genuine affection between the two you say cruel but she's only cruel to him the moment she realizes he doesn't care about her daughter's because he's, she's like, what about my daughters? He's like, I don't know. We can send for them later, or I don't know. They can come with us, but they're not. They are not easy to come. And it's like he didn't give a shit about them. And I think that's the moment where she was like, you know what? No. I and she even them. says to him, like, you do not care for my for my daughters. I like that so about her. She comes good, doesn't she? Yeah, I like that. Um, when Anthony finds out that Kate is alive, why does he say that he does not think he can see her? Why would he not want to go see her? It's all back to the whole, I don't want to be in love because the the pain of losing someone is too much. It's that fear of losing someone that you love. So, And that's what the mum was saying, wasn't it? Like, it's always worth it. You know, grief is awful, but it's worth it if you experience real love. Mm, Okay. And when Anthony does go to visit her and she says that she's going back to India, he just looks sad. Why doesn't he fight for her or say something? Why does he just give up? Yeah, that was a bit annoying. And when he walked away, I think that's what I meant when I feel like sometimes with Bridgerton, they, they just cycle through and repeat the same conversations. I noticed it a lot in this episode and it bugged me. And when he just walked out, I was like, oh, again, 
Where's you guys, thing? can you just try and finish a conversation and come to a resolution for once? Yeah, and his proposal was awful. He didn't even mm. get down on one knee. It felt so robotic. I didn't believe he wanted to marry her. No, you're right. Um, why did Lady Featherington say to Cousin Jack, don't ever touch me again? I know I didn't understand that either I guess she just maybe she was quite repulsed by him when she realized that he didn't care about her children I, I didn't really understand that mm. and why was Penelope trying to find Eloise is she worried that Eloise was gonna try was gonna spill the beans uh why did Penelope try and find Eloise at what point was that sorry, sorry. at the ball when they're all outside waiting for the fireworks I do not remember that bit. So she's running around trying to find Eloise and she overhears Colin being asked by his oh girlfriends. Oh my God, we didn't have that in our shockers. I totally forgot. It was a bit shocking how they were like, you had an interesting dance with Penelope. And I was like, it didn't look particularly interesting to me. And then they, and he was like, I would never marry Penelope. So It's tricky because you know when guys get together and they don't like to talk about feelings? Mm. I think a lot of guys might just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I would never be interested in her, even if they were. So I was like, was he just saying that because they, he just wants them to not know about his private life? Or was he actually saying it because he genuinely is like, ew, Penelope, not interested? What do you think? I think, I don't, I still don't think he sees her as anything romantic. Um, because that explains why he felt comfortable being in a room with her, locking the door. Yeah. So. Why just... didn't he defend her to the guys though and be like, all right, guys, she's actually really cute. He yeah. was just like, oh yeah, nah, mate, wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Yeah. Or why doesn't he just change the subject? I think there would have been a far more subtle, mm. honourable way of dealing with that. A comment from his friend but I guess when maybe people get together they're not always like that and maybe it would have been nice if he'd turn around and seen Penelope fleeing and he realized she'd overheard and it made him rethink his actions yeah interesting so it I don't find Colin or Penelope particularly endearing by the end of this episode I'll be honest also yeah I agree. I keep seeing a lot of comments where people are talking about pollen and a lot of people are saying not interested. Really? But yeah. then what he did, though, about uncovering the jewels was really honourable of him. So I don't know why we're, we're not giving him a chance. Because they're just boring and there's just no... It's really hard. I, and sexually as well, no offence. I'm not excited to see them have sex because they've been in the friend zone so long. And I, you know, I've gone off Penelope now seeing how mean she's been. Yeah. I, have, I haven't I have been ever really on Colin because I've always found him quite a boring character. So I'm not like super excited about the sex scenes. Yeah. Tricky, isn't it? Very tricky. Um, we'll have to see what happens, but... But I guess as well, the other question that I had is why did she go back to writing? And part of me was like, is it because in her mind, she's lost Eloise, mm-hmm. Colin is no longer available to her. So she was felt feeling, you know what, I'm going to have to make my own way in this world. If my options of Colin are done and Eloise, then I literally only have this left. Yeah, agree, which is really sad. It is really when sad. When you think about it. 
Um, did you like the sex scene between Anthony and Kate? Yes, I loved it. I would have wanted it to be a bit longer. Yeah. But I thought it was really cute. Um, I would have liked it to have been longer and I would have liked to have seen him like, you know, when we see um, Daphne and the and the Duke having sex, we mm-hmm. see them doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is yeah. that wrong with me? I want to see no, them no, doing no. it. I wanted that as well because we didn't actually get that in the wisteria scene. And I was like, come on, Anthony. Um, yeah, and again, him. we didn't see it here. There was no thrusting, zero thrusting in this that's, whole series. That's what I want. To be honest with you, I just wanted to see the <laughs> thrusting. I wanted to see how they are together, you know? Is he on top? Is she on top? Um, like, we see him do a lot of sex with Sienna. We get a yeah. good sense from there. Your beloved I miss Sienna. those days so much. I know. I still think some of him and Sienna's sex scenes are in my all-time top, you know, scenes. So There's this one scene where in season one, oh, well, this could be a different episode, so I'll talk about that later. Okay, so those are all my questions for you, but we do have some um, questions or comments from people. So Shelley Liu said, what were your thoughts on the PDA in the last scene? Personally, she thought it was weird. Is that when they were playing uh, croquet? Is it croquet? And they were all over each other. Oh my God. I've been saying crochet this entire time. <laughs> Very different oh. thing. I don't think Anthony does crochet. That would be so hot though, watching him crochet. No, it would not. Maintain naked. Yeah, naked. If he was um, making like a willy warmer out of crochet. That's maybe. not sexy. <laughs> I don't think crochet is sexy. I think you can actually. make it sexy with the maintained eye contact and then maybe he gets a, a stitch wrong and she she hovers over him. Okay, so if he's not if he's not crocheting a willy warmer, because that's not hot apparently, what mm. is he crocheting that would be hot? A tea cozy? Nipple tassels. <laughs> Nipple tassels. Okay, fair. Done. Back. <laughs> Back to Shelley Lee's question. What were your thoughts on it? I liked it. I thought it was quite cute. It was, it was very sweet. It's not normal, I suppose, in that time period to be that. It was very modern, wasn't it? The way they were all over each other playing crochet. Crochet, you've got me doing it now. Croquet. What did you think? I didn't like it either, oh, Shelley Lee. I thought it was also why? weird. I didn't think it was unnecessary. And it went back to the whole, like, it, and I don't know. I guess I like that she's part of the family now. Um, but I just think it was a bit too much when, oh, oh, it does make me cringe a little bit, actually, when they turn around and then they're like stand oh. up spooning and then they yeah. kill. I'm like, oh, your sisters and brothers are right there. They didn't need to see that. that just I will bit... say Kate did that and, and just her face expression, it did look like maybe it wasn't scripted and it was a little bit awkward at that. But that's the only bit where I thought it looked a bit weird. I think that was weird. If, if everything else was the same, that would have been fine. And if they'd done like a little normal kiss, but it was the way he was behind her and then she kind of turned and it was like mm. full on. And I was like, mm, too much. I don't think <laughs> that was the best way to leave it. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I kind of felt it was weird and you kind of feel it was a bit weird too. On um, the whole, I liked it. There was that once, I would say it was only about two seconds where it was a bit Two weird. seconds too long though, Chris. Two seconds too long. Fair. Just end it with a bit of boobage and some thrusting. That's all they had to do. <laughs> <laughs> Give the people what they want. How Give hard is people. it? It's not that hard. Or and also it is hard, but uh, <laughs> I'm worried that Netflix is listening to this. Like, okay, yeah, we'll give you thrusting. We'll give you Colin <laughs> thrusting Penelope. And then we're like, no, 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 please, please do not give us that. 
You know what's I don't want to see that. You know what, though? You know how they changed Anthony to look very different? And you weren't even into Kate at the beginning. Now look at you, gagging for a bit of thrusting. <laughs> so you don't know what you want, Chris. And I'm like, ooh, boobs. Yeah, exactly. So you'd probably be exactly the same. No, I'm with... sorry. Oh, I, I just shuddered. I'm really, oh my God. <laughs> I'm really not feeling it. I just don't like their personalities. I need yeah. to like the personality of people thrusting. This is a thing. Before, we liked, I think what we liked is we... We just liked how sweet and naive both of them were. And we also kind of, I, I don't know about you, but I sort of felt like I identified a little bit with um with Penelope. Like the, she felt like a little bit like, you know, not great about herself. And I was like, this is nice. She's not like the perfect, you know, the, the diamond of the water, whatever you want to call it. And now I'm like, you're kind of a bitch, you know? Yeah. You're kind of a bit. Oh yeah, I don't like it. Gaslighting. Oh um, yeah, no. it was it was that gaslighting and the manipulation and the twisting, and then I've... the going back to Whistledown even and not not accepting that actually Whistledown is not a nice place to be. Yeah, I don't think it's healthy. It's not healthy, um, and she's unhappy. I don't know. So Aww. then. Um, Christy was asking how on earth did Colin figure out the situation I think with the um what what the Featheringtons were doing um because she wouldn't have let Colin invest in a scam so she couldn't have known about it right good point Christy okay the only bloody reason Colin realized is because um Will went up to him and was like oi Colin don't trust this Featherington guy he's conning you no, and but even then he didn't. Even then he didn't because he reacted like, let's yeah, but he did is- that on purpose. Because later on he said to Will, "I'm really sorry, Will. I had to react to you like that so that Featherington would trust me." So I'm like, yeah, Colin's an idiot still. So he did believe Will then when Will said yeah. that. Yeah, but he had to fake it and he apologized to Will later on. That's why he brought those guys to his bar and he was like, "Sorry, Will, mate. I had to pretend because I didn't want to throw him off a scent, kind of thing." I do still wonder what reason he would have to believe Will over the cousin of Penelope. But why would Will have an incentive to lie about something like that? Good point. No Good incentive. Point. Very true. Um, I still don't know why Will, how Will knew. It seemed to me that he only distrusted cousin Jack because his cousin was a bad person. It's like you can't really tar everyone with the same brush. That's not true, though, because in the no? end, no, from, from what I remember in the last episode, doesn't Will and Cousin Jack have a conversation where basically Cousin Jack blackmails him and says, my cousin uh, yes, left yes. really good details. I basically know what you did. You keep your mouth shut, mate, or I'll tell everyone. But even before that, Will was acting really suspicious of the guy, remember, of Cousin Jack? That's really, true. Yeah, and but I didn't really understand. I thought that was because the first time they met, Will felt really put down. And um, by Cousin Jack, because Cousin Jack didn't treat him as an esteemed gentleman. He was like, oh, I saw you. I saw you punching and I liked a bit of a puncheroo. And, and I felt like Will was like, I'm a gentleman now. Like, I've, I've made it. Don't talk to me like, do you know what I mean? A waitress in a cocktail bar. Yeah. I was going to sing, but I can't remember the, uh, the lyrics. Um, okay, so... 
I just want to take this moment to thank Andrea, Shelley Lou and Katie. You left some really sweet, lovely reviews on our Facebook page and that's really adorable of you. So thank you. Um, and if you do ever want to leave a review on, um, not just you three, <laughs> anyone, um, but you can leave a review on Spotify, Audible or iTunes too. But that really made our day to see those reviews. So thank you guys. And if you do feel like anyone would enjoy these podcasts, do feel free to share. Um, so Chris, we asked some questions I asked some questions about the previous episode and since then people have been um, commenting and, and providing their opinions. So can I share that now with us? Mm-hmm. So for the last episode, I asked what, what did um, Kate and Anthony mean when they kept saying to each other, you must stop. No, you must stop. No, you must stop. And RJ said that she felt like he was saying to her to stop enticing him with her scent and also by being oh. argumentative because that turned him on. And then when she said, you are the mon- you are the one that must stop, she was meaning that he's got to stop enticing her and making her rethink everything she knows of herself, of him and her morals. Oh. And then Shelley Lou also said that she assumed that they just want each other to stop being so attractive, which was funny. <laughs> yeah, what a horrible life they live. You stop, being so, you stop being so hot and beautiful. No, you stop. But I like that. Um, so thanks, RJ and Shelley Lou. That was helpful. Chris, any thoughts on that? No, that makes sense. I didn't really like that, but yeah. And then you did a post um, on a poll asking, what was the poll question that you asked? Because I couldn't read it properly. It was, have you ever smelt somebody that you fancy? What were the results? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm very unprofessional. Um, You... Mm. I, I thought it was 70% one answer and 30% the other answer, but I don't know what the 70% was. Let me see if I can find it now. You can. Thank you. Um, so in terms of the sniffing, RJ agreed that sniffing can be hot. So thank you. And also appreciates a man with a nice clean soap smell. Chris, are you into a nice clean smoke soap smell or does another smell? I do like a bit of smoky kind of aftershave, but not yeah. too much. I remember sometimes like you'd walk past a guy and the smell of aftershave was so strong. It was quite overwhelming. And I you gag, like you gag. I, I, I really love that earthy um that earthy smell like you know how you get the smell of hemp but then you mix it with something like really oh so delicious love it um tmi tmi um but then shelly lou was like anthony needs to chill with the sniffing she doesn't yeah, know any weird. yeah and she doesn't know anyone who huffs um after people sense like that he's acting like a beagle um even oh. newton <laughs> even newton knows when sniffing is inappropriate <laughs> yeah oh my god oh my god so true so true um question so uh Miranda thank you for your lovely comment about our podcast but you mentioned that it was a bit of a logistical nightmare about how Kate got home what do you think about that Chris because it's true yeah yeah I did wonder that you wouldn't she can't just walk home no um, and also yeah you're right like where her mum and her sister would have wondered where she'd gone they would have gone out looking for her yeah because yeah. don't they live like a little distance away and then she arrives home in a white dressing gown or she enters the bedroom in a white dressing gown. Oh, maybe she got changed, actually, and then she went through it. Mm. Um, we have got some serious mind blowers. Are you ready for this? OK, go for it. Shelley Lou was saying about how Kate's eyes are so beautiful and super jealous as well because of the eyelashes, because you made a comment about the eyelashes. Mm-hmm. And apparently 
um, Shelley Lou said that they increased Kate's makeup as the season moved on. So that yes. might be why we needed her eyes more now. Do you think that's because we're trying to see her through the eyes of Anthony and like see her in inverted commas becoming more beautiful or whatever that means to him? I think it's because if you remember in the first few episodes, she wasn't seen, she was seen as a spinster. So do you remember you got a bit annoyed because you were like, no men seem to take interest in her because she's a spinster sister, even though she's clearly attractive. So I think she's stepping away from that stamp mold of you're the spinster to actually you are an eligible, a sexy, attractive love interest of Anthony. So they're changing that perspective. Okay. Are you ready? Because... This was crazy for me, what Erin told us. I think I might know what you're referring to. No, okay. Might have read it. So basically, we were saying how we thought Anthony Kate had had sex and we were like, OMG, what's going on? And then Erin dropped a massive bomb. You shared this photo, Erin, with actually Anthony sitting up with his trousers on so they didn't actually have sex. He was just showing her all the ways a woman can be seduced. And now is it that... not possible for him to just open up the little pouch at the front, keep his trousers on, but still get his little all big thing out anyway? Well, that's what maybe I was thinking, but apparently Simone Ashley confirmed that they did not go all the way. And also, oh and also Erin was saying that, you know, we see Anthony take his pleasure with the hookers, but for Sienna, it was purely like, I want you to have the pleasure. Okay. Um, yeah. Not Sienna. Not really Sienna. Um, and it says um, she was saying how there's some really yummy stuff going on there. Like he, put, I love this, Erin. I love this. He put her thumb in his mouth when he tongues her while they are standing. <laughs> oh, so you mentioned God, this, I and it. I did not see that. I need to rewatch this. I bet it's on YouTube. Yeah, honestly, I want to find right. I want to find, I don't care if it sounds pervy, I can't be the only one. Someone on YouTube, take all the flashbacks, put them together, but do it in slow-mo. Because we're missing content. Like, I did not see that. I'm then, shocked because everyone I, I've spoken to thinks they had sex. So I am really shocked that actually... Yeah, but how but much... But that explains the zero thrusting. Yeah. And also it kind of makes way more sense because I feel like, yeah, he does want to pleasure her and he's wanted to show her and seduce her for ages. And that would have been a bit strong having sex, wouldn't it? Um, and then Erin says that when Kate's looking in the mirror, you see him kneeling before her with a thumb in his mouth and her fingers on the chin, like he is a submissive. And I was like, yeah, that's why he likes strong women. He's oh my a God, how did I, did I blink and miss this? But I told you last, fast? I told you in the last podcast, you cannot blink when you're watching Bridgerton. Mm. So that's on it. you. Instant regret. So if anyone knows of anyone who's put together like all of those sex moments and then done it in slow-mo. I'm going to look on YouTube. Maybe we could share it in our group. But that was so hot. And like, Emma and I were just exchanging some messages and I was like, that to me is so much hotter than them having sex. Do you agree? No, I want to. I just wanted to see good old fashioned thrusting, if I'm honest. Oh my, hang on. So you're saying that a man who spends a whole evening giving you pleasure, that is less sexy than a guy just having sex with you? I think if you're a selfish lover, <laughs> which you clearly are, no offence, <laughs> then yeah, you would love to just lie on your back all night and let someone pleasure you. <laughs> That's just a massive insight into your, into your world there. Um, I think it's sexier 
to both give and receive. No, <laughs> uh, what I think is sexier isn't the taking of it, but it's sexy to me that he didn't want to have sex of her. He didn't want to get his own end away. He wanted, away. is that an expression? I um, love it. Is that, I haven't heard he, that for a while. He wanted her to be like, when he was in that scene, he was like, do you have any idea how many ways I can seduce you or something I felt like he knows that she's been basically unable to access any kind of sexual feeling he's been doing prostitutes whole life like (laughs) I felt like that's why he was like wanting to give her that experience it felt less selfish to me that he was doing that for her I'm just I personally wanted to see him get his end away as you so eloquently put it um I just really wanted I just think it's hot to see Anthony doing that I personally it's like in season one when the Duke went down on uh, uh, Daphne on the stairs. I was just like, mm, I'm just not that into it. I, I prefer to see. Anthony. I suppose what I like, though, is because you don't, I don't often see TV shows where a guy is going down on a girl. Like the standard thing is sex. And I just think it's nice that they're making out that these guys, it's just like a very selfless act, isn't it? Because I don't, I, I guess think like, yeah. him having sex with her would have felt like he was taking advantage, you know, and that it was kind of like his own needs getting met. But maybe that's that... why they chose to do it. I think you're right. I think it was part they had to do that for the story because else we would have been really shocked, like we were. We thought they yeah. had sex, and we were like, "Oh my god, that's so inappropriate." But people still misunderstood that. Like everyone I spoke to thinks they had sex, so maybe they just didn't show that very well in the no. direction. I don't think they did, and I think it makes them so much hotter now but we'll agree to disagree yeah I feel like I've labored enough now so I've got to let it go I want to put a poll on it (laughs) yeah okay fine another poll what would the poll be um what's hotter um good old-fashioned thrusting actually you've got to keep the polls really short they don't give you many words we'll figure it out yeah we'll figure it out figure it out (laughs) so I mean this is it this is the end of our season two episode reviews. Overall, season two, what do you give it out of 10? Mm. Wait, wait, wait. What do you give season one out of 10? So we've got a baseline. If I compare it to season two, then 9.2. I was thinking nine for season one as well. Mm-hmm. And for season two, what do you give it? Oh. I'm debating whether to give it an eight or seven and a half. I'm the same. I feel like a seven or an eight. I wasn't going to bother with carbs. Yeah, seven. It had the most watches. I think it's had more views in season one. I don't get that. I might do a poll and see which, which season people prefer. But just to let everyone listening know, we are still going to continue. Um until season three comes out so we've got some really cool ideas for episodes that you guys have fed into as well so we're going to do things like top three best sex scenes of all time top three most cringiest moments we've got uh comparing the books to the tv show so please hit the bell and subscribe um and yeah and come along for our future episodes And also, whenever we do post, if you ever want to ask us any questions or you've got uh, any points of view or any thoughts, let us know and we will chat them through like we did today because it's really lovely um, hearing your guys' feedback and your thoughts. Yeah, that's Bridgerton Girls on Facebook. Lovely. Anything else before we finish today, Cress? No. Wow. 
Wow, lovely. Well, thank you for joining us on this journey and we look forward to continuing with some other episodes soon. Bye. Bye.